something curious about this broadcast. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Extra. All systems remain nominal. 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 Hello everybody and welcome to TGP Nominal Extra. It's June. I can't believe it's halfway through the year already and uh, because we're doing the Sky Guides, which we do at the beginning of each month, we have to bring in Ross Hockham from UK Astronomy. How are you doing, sir? Always good, always good. You know me. How are you? Bearing up. <laughs> <laughs> Getting through the crisis. We're on the way out, apparently. Yeah, well, uh, at the weekend, I had our first ever Chinese takeaway since lockdown and to be honest, we overdid it. <laughs> As you do. What did we have? We had something. We had a takeaway. I'm not going to admit that I actually delivered some alcohol <laughs> wow. from somewhere. I know, that's bad, isn't it? it was, my missus was like, oh, BP do like this whole snack deal because we were having a movie night in. She was like, oh, there's a snack deal that I can deliver room. And I was like, I could go and get it. She's like, nah, you've had a drink. I can't be bothered to drive. Let's do it. I was like, everyone blames the crisis for it now. <laughs> it wasn't me, it was COVID. I live something like 500 metres away from this Chinese takeaway. And I'm like, mm, shall I phone it and, and, and get it delivered? <laughs> go and get it. We're allowed to go as much as we want now, aren't we? Apparently, as long as we don't touch each other. That's it. No excuse. They've got everything there. They've got a Perspex screen and it's contactless and everything else. So it's all safe. Yeah. All right, do all you can do is be as careful as you can, wash your hands and make sure, you know, you follow the government's guidelines. Well, no, you no, don't. No, you don't, to be fair, do you? <laughs> you do what you like. That's politics. We're not here for politics. <laughs> the government guidelines are not exactly guidelines. No. Uh, use your common sense. Yeah, which we know a lot of people don't have. <laughs> <laughs> including me to be fair <laughs> but no it's a shame I haven't actually had a chance to go out stargazing anywhere yet but it's quite good because I can just go on my own although you're allowed a certain amount of people with you now aren't you if you what was it is it six um, or something in a public space yeah. or in a garden yeah, yeah as six as people as long as you're two metres apart and uh, I was quite offended because you know I'm, I'm a fairly big fella um, I was quite <laughs> offended by the fact that they were saying that there's certain rules that you must abide by if you're over a certain age and fat ah. I thought thank you that's nice that's, that's uh, a real way to cheer people up you can go out but not if you're fat <laughs> <laughs> hang on a minute surely exercise is better <laughs> going... they were saying right if you, if you wanted to have a picnic <laughs> You have to make sure that you've got a picnic blanket that's two metres by two metres. Oh, brilliant. Um, bring your own cutlery, and if you're fat, bring your own coleslaw. I was like, <laughs> what? And make sure you have a designer mask. <laughs> oh, well, the world's gone mad, and it? It's all good fun, though. We have to laugh about these things. I know it's horrible, and there are people, you know, suffering from it, but got to smile through these things and get through it. I think that's one thing that we do in this country in particular. We have an ability to laugh things off that's our uh, kind of our protection isn't it it's our defense mechanism is to laugh things off and that's the british way yeah unfortunately some people might think it's cruel but it's just how you deal with stuff isn't it yeah it is i always try and look on the bright side i mean like last month was absolutely awesome for like the clear skies the sun it was brilliant there was loads going on in the sky ever since this has happened and people have got off the roads and the planes have stopped flying and things like that you can see the change 
Well, a friend of mine, uh, he lives in Wolverhampton, and uh, he sent me a photograph of the canal down by where he lives, and he said, I've, I've never been able to see the bottom of it before. Wow. Just, it goes to show, doesn't it? Fingers crossed it's a wake-up for us to look after the Earth. I've got a feeling everything's just going to go back to normal, but they say what is normal. It's not going to be normal, is it? It's going to be another type of normal. It's all a learning curve, but we will get around it, and at this rainbow, the NHS rainbow, there will be... Not exactly a pot of gold, but there will be something at the end of it for us. Yeah, I think we'd all have learnt something and maybe learnt to, that we can live without all these things. And the sky's always there. Yep. <laughs> can always enjoy that, hope. hopefully, unless there's cloud. But even then, you've got <laughs> cloud watchers, I'm sure. They're like a good thunderstorm. Actually, I can guarantee you there will be one roughly mid-June because there's always a thunderstorm on my birthday. <laughs> Was that when you, the day you were born? Yeah, there, there was, was a, a thunderstorm, thunderstorm just for you. And a bomb scare on the day <laughs> really? I was born. Yeah. Uh, I bet your mum just went, oh God, what have I done? Which is really <laughs> weird because Mark, the name Mark is actually taken from Mars. Ah. Uh, Mars being the god of war yeah. and the god of thunder and everything else. So, yeah, that kind of fitted greatly into it. Uh, I, when I came into the world, the world knew about it because there was a huge thunderstorm. I had to start calling you four. <laughs> right. I think we should get on with the main part of the show. Yeah, we should probably talk about what we're actually here for. So, um, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, well, let's go into June. Explorers. The same curiosity that sends us to the stars at the speed of thought urges us to go there in reality. And whenever we make a great new leap, we elevate humanity, bring people and nations together. Usher new discoveries and new technologies. So remember to look up at the stars and not down at your feet. Be curious. Good morning. It's T minus 45 minutes until the final countdown commences. In less than one hour, if all goes according to plan, the three members of the Apollo 11 crew will blast off in their... My father's name was Edwin Eugene Aldrin. ...has dreamt of mankind's greatest adventure. I became Buzz. Destination, the moon. We look back at the Earth and watch it get smaller. Oh, it was beautiful. Apollo 11, this is Houston. I've got the morning news here, if you're interested, over. Go ahead, Houston. An Irishman has won the World Porridge Eating Championship by consuming 23 bowls of instant oatmeal 
I'd like to enter Aldrin in the oatmeal eating contest next time. He's on his 19th ball. Roger. Human nature and curiosity is to explore the world around us. And the world around us includes way beyond. Go for landing, over. I got it, then. Go for landing. Roger, 1202, we copy it. We're go, same time, we're go. Okay, engine stop. We copy you down, Eagle. Magnificent ventilation. The next generation of explorers should not ever give up. I'm Chris Lintot, and you're listening to TGP Nominal. On canvas with paint in the artist's school, it is red that is hot and blue that is cool. But in science we show, as the heat gets higher, a star will glow red like the coals of a fire. Raise the heat some more, and what is in sight? Behold, the star glows bright white. But the hottest of all, I say unto you, is neither red nor white when a star has turned blue. This is TGP Nominal. Welcome back to TGP Nominal Extra. So, Ross, June. It's going to be a nice warm June, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Not so great for us because obviously astronomers, the skies never get truly dark. You maybe got an hour of what they call true darkness around this time of year, but enjoy the sun. The sun's there. We have telescopes that we can look at the sun safely, but you shouldn't as always because it hurts your eyes and you'll go blind. So don't do that. So there is other things we can look at, but June and July is the best time to hunt for those uh, noctilucent clouds that we spoke about last month. They're a very high altitude sort of phenomenon. That's not easy to say, is it? Phenomenon. Uh, not one of my favourite words. <laughs> no, good job I haven't had a drink. It's a bit early for that. But 82 kilometres sort of height. I wanted to look up the miles, but I only got kilometres for some reason. I don't really like kilometres, don't know why. It's up in the uh, the mesosphere. I hope I said that right. They're pretty much ice sheets of tiny crystals from sort of meteor dust that hang in the atmosphere about there. Uh, they have been spotted already. I've seen a few pictures in our Facebook group where people have seen they are there and they are coming up. They are quite rare, so they're not there every night, but literally just before the sun sort of rises or after it sets, it lights up these sort of ice crystals from below. So if you're out looking up at the moon or something as the sun sets or at the planets in the morning, just before the sun rises, about 45 minutes to an hour after or before, just keep an eye out. You might see these really cool clouds and then you can know that they're, you know, burnt up bits of meteor in the sky. So that's sort of something to look out for the whole month, well, a couple of months, really. Now, if we actually go on to dates themselves, on uh, the 6th, there was a very weak penumbral eclipse on the moon the night before as it rose. We're not going to see much of it from what I can see. It's just going to be, as the moon's rising, there's going to be a very slight shadow on it, maybe. I don't think we're going to get to see much in the UK, so I won't worry too much about it. But as it rises on the 6th, it's almost a full moon. Pretty much a full moon, to be fair. People are calling it the strawberry moon. Uh, it's rising shortly before midnight. It's going to look bigger due to the effect of our atmosphere and our eyes' inability to kind of put in, it into perspective and size in the horizon. It's quite hard to do. So between those two things, it makes it look really big and sort of cool as it rises. It may have an orange glow to it because you're looking through more atmosphere. There's more carbon and stuff in our atmosphere, so it gives it orange. Also, it's close to the Earth's shadow, which also makes it orange already. It's not going to be pinky, as the name suggests, the strawberry moon. 
the name really comes from a relatively short season for harvesting strawberries, apparently, in the northeastern North America. So most of the full moon names come from here. For some reason, they, we never really knew about them, but they, came to, they seem to be coming over from America now. So depending on the season of the Native Americans, the full moon at certain times represented harvesting and strawberries and wolves and all sorts of funky names that come out. So yeah, you're not going to see it pink, but you might see it orange. So pop out and have a look. The 8th to the 9th, just after midnight, the, uh, the planets Jupiter and Saturn are going to appear close to the moon. It's sort of like a waning 87%, making a great view or picture really. It's a nice opportunity as the moon is sat just below Saturn, with Jupiter to its sort of top right. Venus should slowly start now to appear after this date in the morning. It's at its 1% phase. So it's really a really thin crescent. It is possible to see it, apparently, but be really careful because it is going to be very close to the sun. So I, I would advise against it. But if you know what you're doing and you know where it is, you may be able to see the 1%. I don't think you will have much luck, to be fair, because it's going to be quite bright. But you never know. So what's going to happen is Venus now has gone from the evening has gone past the sun and is now creeping up into the morning sky. So on the 12th, in the morning again, uh, the moon moves, so it moves towards Mars. So you can get to see how the moon moves each night or morning back across the sky. So it's going to go from the planet Saturn, Jupiter, or Jupiter, Saturn, then Mars, creeping towards Venus. So that's something cool you can see, Mars and moon together. On the 13th, morning again, the moon is going to be literally right below the planet Mars and as a bit of a challenge and it won't be an easy spot because the sun's coming up so it'll be getting brighter but we do like a challenge the planet Neptune is up in the early hours and I reckon you may be able to spot it with a steady hand and a pair of binoculars I'm not sure about that but go out and try because I always say you know you never know unless you go out and actually have a look and see if you can find it so find the moon and just above this is the red planet Mars Neptune is then just above that. It's just above the God of War. Probably best around about 3 a.m. before the sun starts rising. Again, be careful because the sun rises and you don't want to get a glimpse of it, trust me. I've had it happen and it's not pretty. If we move on to the 16th, Venus has risen considerably higher now and it's moved further from the sun in the morning again. Around about 5% lit in its phase. It should be an easier target to spot, but again, it might be a little bit difficult, but it'll get better and better as the month goes on. On this night, there is a weak meteor shower. It's only gonna really produce about five to 10 an hour. I've heard of less. It's called the Lyrids. It's not really spoken about much because it's a minor meteor shower. It's a dusty trail of a comet with a like centuries long orbit around the sun. And as the Earth enters the stream, we encounter more meteors or bits of this dust entering our atmosphere at speed. As always, meteor showers can be unpredictable. Some minor meteor showers have had peaks of like hundreds. If we hit a dense part, which we can't really see or tell where they are, keep your eyes open. It's kind of around the constellation Lyra, which has a nice big uh, blue star, Vega. Look around there, you never know, you never know, you might see some. If we move on to the 19th in the morning, a lot of the stuff's in the morning, unfortunately, so we'll have to get up early. This is quite a cool thing. I think this is probably worth putting in your diary because Venus is going to be occulted by a 3% lit moon in the daylight skies. So it is during the day, but around about 8.40 a.m. Get out before that time, because times do vary depending on your location. So get out 8.30, maybe before, get your telescope ready, 
go and find the moon. It'd be a crescent moon, it'd be quite, you should be able to find it. It might not be easy, but you should be able to find it during the day. And you'll see a crescent Venus. It's gonna kind of drift up behind the moon or the moon's gonna to drift to it around about the middle of the moon. And it should be to the left hand side, might be the right, depending on if you're using mirrors and things like this. So you should see a crescent moon and it's the bright side of the moon is where Venus is gonna start. The moon will then go over the top of it so it will disappear behind it, behind the bright side and then it will start to reappear from the other side around about 9.42 in the morning. You will need a telescope to see it and it may be a bit of a challenge as the sun is up. So be very, very careful again not to look at the sun. But that will be quite cool to see. You're going to see like a tiny crescent and a bigger crescent. And if you can video it or astrophotographers take pictures, it's a really good opportunity to get something that's quite cool. So that's one to definitely go in a diary on the 19th. I'm going to have to look up to see if I'm working. I'll have to get it off, I think. If we go to the 20th the next day, this is the point where the sun now reaches its most northerly point in the sky at around 22.43 p.m., marking the Northern Hemisphere's summer solstice. Marking the longest day of the year, traditionally, the summer solstice period fell between the planting and harvesting of crops. So it left the people who worked the land time to relax between these times, which is why June apparently became the tradition month for weddings. So if you're getting married, good luck to you. Hopefully you can have, was it six people? You're allowed now? Yeah. So hopefully it'll be nice weather for you. If anyone is getting married, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, for us astronomers, it means that winter is coming and the nights are getting longer, although it's June and it doesn't feel like it at all. <laughs> On the 22nd, back to Venus. It's now at around 10% phase, so rising at about 3.30 a.m. She will slowly become the brightest object in the sky, so the morning star will be Venus. 24th to the 25th, there is a comet. It's apparently it's fading, but it's called C2017 Pan Stars. I do believe there's a couple of guys who've got them pictures of it in the Facebook group, so it is there. On this date, it's going to be close to M106. It's in the evening, so M106 is a galaxy. Just sort of south of it, I think maybe to the left or the right, the comet's going to be there as well. So a really great opportunity for astrophotographers and comet hunters to find it and maybe actually get this galaxy as well. I think the galaxy is around sort of like eight magnitude. So it's not an easy one to find, but it's not a hard one to find. So hopefully, especially with astrophotography, you should be able to get it. Now the comet has come from the Oort cloud, which is sort of all the frozen body all around sort of where the sun stops sort of pushing out. So there's all these bits of frozen rocks and that, and occasionally a bit of gravitation or something pulls one or two in and they end up flying towards the sun. There was a couple before, I think there was Swan and is it Atlas or something like that? Two comets that are up. I think one ended up being sort of pulled apart and destroyed. And I think the other one's still going, but it's really early in the morning. So that's probably your best bet, Pan Stars. 25th, uh, 11.35 or 23.35, Jupiter's moon, Ganymede, is going to cast a shadow onto the planet. So great time to see it. It's going to go on there till about 2.50 a.m. So you've got a nice couple of hours, two, three hours there to see the shadow of a moon on the planet. After that, it's going to then be followed by a transit of the moon itself. Now they say that's around 1.15. So it's well worth a look. You will need a telescope. So don't buy any telescopes around this time because I really want to see this and I want to see Venus as well. So no telescope buying, please, because otherwise the clouds come in. So hopefully there'll be a period of maybe an hour or so where you'll have the shadow and the moon transiting the planet, but we'll have to go out and have a look and see. 27th, nearly over, another small meteor shower. It's called the Bootids. Again, it's only producing about five per hour, maybe 10, something like that. It's gonna to appear to radiate from just below Ursa Major, the Great Bear or the Plough or the Big Dipper. 
whatever you like to call it. So just below it, there should be the odd meteor flying through. In the morning, Venus is now 15% lit. So she's really priming herself to steal the morning show from the other planets. And then last but not least, on the 28th, if you fancy a bit of uh, an asteroid hunt, Seven Iris comes into opposition in Sagittarius. It's a large main belt asteroid orbiting sort of the orbiting the sun between Mars and Jupiter, so it's one of the ones in between that group of asteroids there. When it means it comes into opposition, it just means that it's almost directly sort of opposite the sun and us, which means it, it, it's slightly brighter and we're maybe closer to it as well. So it's a good chance to go and have a little look. You won't see much detail, obviously, but you should see a little white dot in relation to the stars and each night it will move. It might move within a few hours. It depends how fast it moves, how you know the sky is and things like that. But that's quite cool to see, to say that you've actually seen an asteroid. So fingers crossed for you all. It looks like there's actually quite a bit going on this month and a couple of cool things that you know we can really get our teeth into as astronomers, even though it's light. Awesome. some interesting things happening for the team at UK Astronomy and um, one of the team members Janelle Harrier Wilson actually made an appearance on uh, Three Counties Radio have a listen to this well joining me now is uh, Janelle Wilson who's a NASA Solar System Ambassador from Buckinghamshire Janelle very good afternoon to you Hello, how are you doing? I'm very well. Welcome to the program. You're a NASA Solar Space Ambassador in Buckinghamshire. What is it? I mean, as a NASA Solar Space System Ambassador, what do you have to do? Well, it is a, the, it's a NASA JPL Solar System Ambassador Program. Um, it, it's obviously out of JPL, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in California. And it's a, it's a volunteer outreach position. Normally, uh, you have to be living and working in the United States to be part of the program. And that's when I started. Uh, obviously, I, I am American. Uh, when I moved here four years ago, uh, they let me keep working um, and doing outreach. So I, I, do a lot of, I do a bit of outreach here, especially with a group called UK Astronomy, um, with uh, doing stuff with Solar System Ambassadors as well. And that's why I get to do it. And, and they were really wonderful to let me keep doing this, even though I'm so far away from the States. So, yeah, she gave you a mention. She did. She did a shout out. I actually, she said she was going to go on and we chucked it into the Facebook group because we thought, well, why not? I love Janelle. She's brilliant. And uh, yeah, I, for a joke, I said, don't forget to mention us. And she actually did. I was only joking. <laughs> she done really well. I'm going to try to put some kind of link into the show notes so that you can actually listen to the rest of that interview because why Janelle was on the show for was to talk about the SpaceX NASA Demo 2 mission which was absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was cancelled the first one, wasn't it? Because uh, there was cloud. Did you see the picture? I'm not sure. I think it was real. <laughs> the, there was cloud, there was thunderstorms. Yeah, it was. There was... <laughs> Uh, Florida at this time of year, oh. It just comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. you get 20 minutes of constant rain and thunder, and then it just Goes. disappears. And within minutes, the ground is just dry again. It's weird. Yeah, because I've, I've been there before just to go to Disneyland, as you do. <laughs> well, I'd about to say Orlando more than Disneyland for me. But uh, yeah, it's really humid, isn't it? It's weird because it's hot, but it's humid. Yeah, and the rain is hot as well. And so, yeah, we, we saw it, and then in the Facebook group, people were updating, going, you know, what's happening. Then it suddenly said it was aborted. And you couldn't actually see from the live feed why. And everyone's like, oh, why is what's happened? And then someone sent a picture. And it, I was like, well, that's fair enough. Because this cloud was probably the biggest, darkest cloud I've ever seen in my life. Ryan Cobrick, one of our um, honorary crew members, lives a few miles from the launch pad. And uh, he opened his front door and showed what the weather was like. And it was teeming down with rain. <laughs> But the successful one on Saturday, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that was a bit hit and miss at the start because it was like 50-50. Yeah, they, they said it was going to be cancelled, didn't they, at one point? And everyone was like, ooh. And I just looked at it and went, hmm, between the hours of three and four hour time, yeah, this could possibly go. Well, the only sad thing was that we, we couldn't actually really see it, could we, in our skies? Because they say that as it flies over, we can actually see it. Mm. But I think the one before we were able to see because it was dark enough. But this one we couldn't really see. But I think the next day people said they could see it. The ISS went over and then they could see it following it yeah. afterwards, which is pretty cool to see. I couldn't do it, unfortunately. I was, I was around the neighbours in their garden, two metres <laughs> apart, <laughs> having a barbecue. There were some people that were saying to me, look, I can't understand what the big deal with this is. And I'm like, well... Look at it this way. The last time a brand new spacecraft with humans in it was launched was in 1981. Mm-hmm. And the last time that humans launched from Cape Canaveral was in 2011. So it's been nine years without flights from Florida where, you know, the big launches happened from. The launch pad 39A, yeah. which is historically where the Apollo 11 launched, all the Apollo launched from there, all, uh, no, not all the shuttles launched from there, because some of them launched from um, 39B. Mm. Um, Is this the first private one? It is the first commercial mission Mm. to the ISS or anywhere Mm. that has had humans on board. It's really strange that NASA is actually the customer. Yeah, tides have turned, Uh uh-oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Sainsbury's, Starbucks, Marks and Spencers. They're all going to have their names across the side of the rockets, aren't they? It will at some point. There will be sponsorship. Deals yeah, well, at the end of the, of the day, rockets. if it keeps it going, you have to, don't you? That's how they make the yeah. money. But to see it launch, it was an amazing sight, and and the fact that the the cameras were on board at all times, so you know you could see them in the in the capsule. Mm. It was very public, wasn't it? Very yeah. open for everyone to see. And I know it was all publicity, but imagine kids sitting there watching it. To them, it's almost like the moon landing again. Well, to me, I mean, I, I was getting goosebumps because it took me right back to 1981 when I was sat there with my granddad watching the original shuttle launch. And I had that feeling again. And I haven't had that feeling to do with space launches for a, a long time. Well, hopefully there'll be many more. 
mm-hmm. many more. Definitely. Well, they've they've already got a team lined up to go up on the next one. So, uh, and that's including a JAXA astronaut, Suichi Noguchi from the Japanese Space Agency. Excellent. So it's a truly international thing. Look forward to it. Speaking of stuff flying around in the sky, I've heard, uh, well, I think I heard it from uh, a guy from Go Stargazing. He said that uh, the Starlink satellites that we always see and people have talked about, yeah. he thinks we're only going to probably see one or two more launches because they're putting a coating on it or something. No, they're putting a shield. Something like a shield on them so that they won't catch the sun. So we, I don't know if we'll be able to see them as they first go up and you know when they go across like 60 in a row and then afterwards we can't see them or we can't see them at all. You'll see them once they launch because they're, I, I don't know if you've actually seen them when they actually... Yeah, when they're first when they're first up, I've seen them going across the sky. Once they get um, launched from the actual spacecraft that's up there, mm-hmm. they're like a deck of cards. Yeah. Uh, and and there's, there's nothing actually propelling them. They actually start to separate on their own. And you might see them at that point. Yeah. But as soon as they start going higher into the orbit that they need to be in, I don't think you're going to see them. Cool. Well, that's good for astrophotographers and that, isn't it? And for our skies and stuff. I just heard the rumour like it might be the last time we see them sort of thing. Elon was talking about that a little while back and you you, you never know with Elon what, what is happening and what isn't happening oh, because yeah. he's got so much stuff going on in that head. Also, one of your newest members to the UK Astronomy Volunteers is a guy called Will Chung, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. He uh, approached us, I think it was last month, and I had a, I had a chat with him on uh, the old phone for about an hour or so. We just chatted away about everything. And really, he just saw like the group, as, as we said in the last podcast, it's gone from like 6,000 members to now over 10,000 members because obviously everyone's in looking up and want to know what these things are and are then putting in astronomy or UK astronomy. And, you know, us and loads of others pop up and they jump on the Facebook group. And, yeah, so he was like, oh, you look like you need a hand <laughs> moderating because there's a lot of people suddenly joining and doing things. And I was like, yeah, man, I'd really appreciate anyone who could help. So, yeah, Will's jumped on. I think another guy's jumped on to help us, literally just to keep an eye and make sure everyone's getting, you know, looked after and their questions are getting answered. And as we know, unfortunately, where there are nice people, there also aren't such nice people. So we have to, we have to keep an eye on them as well. So, yeah, Will jumped in just to help. And then, you know, next thing I know, He's doing like Facebook live videos of the moon, and I'm like, mate, throw that in there. Here's a little clip from the the first one he did, which I believe was on the 5th of May, but have a listen to this. Hey everyone, thanks for uh, joining me tonight. First live from myself, Will Chung, uh, part of um, UK Astronomy's Facebook team. Just to let you all know, I am based in northeast of England, uh, near a, a city called Newcastle. I've been into astronomy since um, I was very, very young, and fascinated by it all you know whether it's um just general stars or planets and and galaxies and um i've been running events uh, stargazing events now for well over six years um for the public stargazing events and um up in the thumberland national park so you know just sharing my passion and my excitement for everything that's up in the skies at night it's got the same passion we have hasn't he mm. yeah it's really good as well I've, I've watched that one and uh because there's loads of questions come up as he's doing it live because you can hear there the birds singing he's actually out in his garden with his phone attached to a telescope and doing it which is i mean i've done my first one a couple of days ago and oh man 
you, it is a kind of a weird rush because you're kind of excited because you know you're about to start, you know people are going to join and you kind of got to answer their questions. But then it's quite cool to have someone on the team there to be able to write in the comments as well as they ask as you're talking. Yeah. So it's quite yeah. nice because Will did it for me, I did it for Will, Frankie jumped in my wife as well and answered some questions. Because contrary to belief, she doesn't think she knows anything about astronomy. But she's actually really good now. She really knows her stuff. She actually does know all about telescopes and helps people. So yeah, the Facebook lives, I, I, I really enjoyed mine. And Will, he's a natural at it. And you were saying that a lot of people saying that he's got this really relaxing voice and uh, people are kind of taking to it. He's got a very relaxed, soothing voice, whereas I'm more like an excitable child, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I think it's brilliant. And I mean, he, he has his own... I think it's a, I don't know is it a website or Facebook group or it's called Will Cheng Photography and yeah he he does all this stuff in there and he's a very very good photographer and I'm hoping I'm going to learn from him because a lot of people are asking about DSLR cameras and what you can do so the charity grabbed a uh, Nikon D3500 and I have to learn how to use it so uh, hopefully from my learning and mistakes I can you know do little videos and things to help people and have a laugh at my <laughs> fumblings around. So I'm hoping Will's going to help me. And uh, also Bex as well, one of our astronomers. She's good with a ca- very good with a camera. She lent me this humongous lens, but unfortunately it's not compatible with mine. It's probably too advanced. I wouldn't know what to do with it anyway, to be fair. But yeah, so hopefully, you know, he's going to teach me a bit about that as well as teaching everyone about the moon and the planets and stuff on Facebook Live. Will thinks he would be able to get the planets and stuff in the morning with the gear he's got. So fingers crossed he can do some live Facebook stuff on the planets for you so you can actually get to see them in the morning. I've just wiped our YouTube channel and completely started again on that because we didn't really do anything with it to be fair. So I'm hoping that we're going to get some guides and you know chats and things on there about things that you can learn about. Especially guides to telescopes and things because a lot of people are asking as you know we're getting lots of new people in the group who want to buy a telescope. There's quite a waiting list from what I've heard. I think if you want a telescope now, there's at least a month or two waiting list because they're having trouble getting suppliers in, as you can imagine. Wow. So yeah, it's really, <laughs> astronomy seems to be the uh, the in thing at the moment. And hopefully it will continue after that. It's amazing how it's taken off in this time that we're going through at the moment. Uh, I sent you a, an article about it saying you know, it, it's remarkable that you know the astronomers are now becoming like, I wouldn't say rock stars as it were, but they're <laughs> becoming the kind of some of the heroes of the, the lockdown. Yeah. Uh, and when, when I say heroes, I don't mean like our frontline guys. Um, I'm talking about heroes in respect to giving something for people to do. Yeah, it's keeping people sane, isn't it? Because yeah. especially at the point where you could only go out once and that was it. You're stuck in, you're locked in. And as I said in the last podcast, just to pop out in your garden, which is what we're all about, a kid's been locked in all day, you pop them out in the garden, you know, hot chocolate or something or a drink, you sit there, you ISS hunt or you Starlink hunt or imagine a lot of people we saw whilst we were doing the Facebook lives, they were sending us pictures of them all sat with the iPad out in the garden looking at our Facebook lives as they're looking at the moon. So they're looking at the moon in their gardens and then looking down at the iPad and we're showing them. And that to me, that was amazing. <laughs> I loved that. It's almost like one of these... Um commentaries that you get on a dvd or whatever you know so you can they're describing something that's happening whilst you're watching it yeah and that's that was kind of the idea so if people have got telescopes and they know it's happening they can actually watch it and then look at it themselves 
if you just got an iPad and you know if you haven't got any gear you can just you get to see I can show you the bits on there and again just using my phone so that you guys know that all you need to do is get a phone even a cheap telescope and you know you can see some of the features they're awesome Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, Spanhead Productions. .weebly.com That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com So, Ross, another packed month, and um, it's been fantastic having you on the show again. Thank you very much for having me. I'll be here next month, hopefully, <laughs> if you allow it. <laughs> Always. I know we've been a bit, as I keep saying, sporadic with the podcast actually going out i can only apologize that we didn't have a main show that went out last month the uh, reason for that is we had some technical issues with our podcast host now a podcast host is like we send the podcaster to, to like a distributor and they distribute it out to all the major places that you are listening to your podcasts from at this moment in time now we had a problem with one of ours and we switched to a new podcast host so we had to go through all the rigmarole of getting it all set up and everything and it takes some time and by the time we got it all set up there wasn't really time to get another episode out so hopefully we're going to have a, a main episode of TGP Nominal this month. There is a, a new episode of the Garbage Pod Tap Room where we go back in time to 2013 for the Hitchin Beer and Cider Festival and we talked to some of the organisers of that. Yeah, so we're going to do a few more of those hopefully soon. Uh, we've got some content that hasn't been put into any of the podcasts before, so that's all new to the Garbage Pod tap room. We're hoping to get some more Garbage Pod episodes out and some revamped ones from our old network. I'm sure that you haven't heard any of these before, so I'd like you to get access to them and because there's some really good content that I think you would enjoy. And we're hoping to get some new shows out as well. We're going to get some new voices on the Garbage Pod. And also with TGP Nominal, we're hoping to get some other guests on the show as well. So that leaves me with one thing left to say, and that is thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll speak to you all again real soon. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. If you want to get in touch with us, then... Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com, where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. This is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event.